This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your host Mo Stewart and I'm joined for this edition by Ben Bokshak and Emmett Gates. And well, the calendar says it's January, so that can mean only one thing. It's time for the January transfer window to spring open, even though it's absolutely freezing outside. Now for Liverpool... It all looked very, very rosy not a couple of weeks ago. Squad depth was no longer a problem. We were unbeaten. And then suddenly it all seems to have got into a rather sticky position now that Salah and Mane have gone off to AFCON for their three weeks of football feast in Cameroon. We're left without them wondering where we're going to find a forward. We might be in a situation soon where another emergency transfer appears like it did last January with uh, Ben Davis and Ozan Kabak. So with that in mind, we're going to start to think about some realistic targets here, not pie in the sky. I wish if we were playing FIFA, I would buy this guy. I'm talking about actual players who we could actually feasibly see in a red shirt before February 2022. That's the remit of this show. That's what we're here to do. We're all going to pick one player who we think could end up as a Liverpool player this month. And then, obviously, because it's a debate show, we're just going to tear each other's options apart because that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into the actual names, Ben, we should talk about Liverpool and whether or not we really do need to buy players because... I mean, squad depth FC was in the mud not even one month ago when Duvok Origi was scoring winning goals and Taki Minamino was contributing to games. But those two are both on the injured list. Firmino's on the COVID list. Salah and Mane are in Cameroon. Um, could do with some forwards, do you not think? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a few positions we could do, we could do with some reinforcement. I think the issue is... Is January an ideal time to bring in a reinforcement? Because I think that that's the big question. As there's all there's always going to be, even Manchester City squad, there's always going to be, you know, weaknesses that they can add signings to it. And and that's normal with Liverpool as well. There's always spots that can be filled. But the question is, is it the right time? And do do we even have that big of a concern? Because in all likelihood, Mane and Salah are only going to miss two Premier League games against Palace and Brentford. And is that really enough to sanction a sort of panic buy in January? Well, and I, I don't think I'm that convinced. Well, that's a fair point. I think we have to look at history when it comes to Liverpool in January and say that those kind of panic emergency buyers aren't the kind of things they normally do. And as we mentioned in previous shows, like those two Premier League games they're missing against Paris and Brentford, it could have been a lot worse. However, the flip side to that is there are a lot of Liverpool fans sitting there in the aftermath of that Chelsea game thinking, are we still really thinking about the Premier League? Does those cup games that they are going to play in the semi-final, both legs against Arsenal in particular, do they become more important? Is it even more vital that we have someone around? I mean, obviously, I'm not saying Liverpool are going to pluck a brand new name off the street, but we do know that they have long-term targets. 
and most of them are normally for the summer. Is there a scenario where you can see maybe one of those long-term scenarios moving up because of this potential crisis? I mean, it's a difficult one. Down as well, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at Liverpool's recent history with January signings, apart from Virgil van Dijk four years ago, they've been relatively quiet. And, I mean, we all kind of know that the club will only move if they spot a really good opportunity in the market. And in January, there really isn't that many opportunities around. Teams are reluctant to sell players in January, mid-season. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, if if there's a player who's going to be a free agent in six months, Liverpool mm-hmm. may offer a bit of cash on the table now to get them in in January instead of getting them free in June. Maybe just to kind of help I'm thinking specifically. I'm thinking midfielders. You know, mm. if there's a midfielder, um, we might touch on some of the names in a, in a bit. But if they basically just go right, we'll give you seven, eight, ten million now. Um, we, we, you know, we could need him for the next six months as opposed to waiting. You know, I think that might be the only alternative. I don't think they're just gonna go out and put money in the table for someone that they haven't really been keeping their eye on. So, yeah. I mean, January's always. There's always a clamour from fans to sign someone in January, but there has to be value in the market, mm. and I don't really think there is at the moment. <laughs> well, that is the perennial question, really, isn't there? It's the value. And you can have two different arguments on it. You can look at it and say that, yes, for most clubs, they're going to want to hold on to their players mid-season, so it's going to take a higher bid to get rid of them. But then the flip side of that, Ben, is that if everybody's waiting till the summer, then maybe you pay a little bit of an extra premium now to save you getting into a bidding war where the price may go even higher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a difficult one because teams will be aware when you're buying in January, you're you're not, you're in a desperate situation. And when it comes to negotiations, you know, teams can use that to their advantage as well. Selling clubs will be reluctant to sell, like Emmett said. So... I think it, it 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 still makes it difficult um, to uh, buy players in the window uh, when you're you're always starting at a disadvantage uh, when you're trying to sign players. Unless, like Emmett says, there is a player who's on a got six months left on his contract, and you know you, you want to avoid getting into a sort of bidding. Wait, uh, contract war and, and, and you want to get ahead and, and, and in that case if if that is a player who Liverpool think would suit their system and who would be ideal for for the club then it's a no-brainer to pay the extra sort of 10-15 million pounds that that would be enough to get get them in now and um, yeah hey, sometimes you've got to be a little bit Clever, and that's the thing. We've praised Liverpool's work in the transfer market over the last four or five years. And a lot of that isn't just from paying the most money for someone. Some of it is through getting in at the right time, building the right relationships at the right time. So you never know. I am I mean, conventional wisdom across history would suggest one thing. But I think in a COVID world where players can be dropping in and out of squads at random, I feel like there's a more of a instincts to want to have more rather than less bodies. We don't know whether or not some of the current squad are going to be moving on. There will be some offers for some of those 
So we don't know whether Liverpool are going to make a move or not. But for the purposes of this show, we will assume that they will. And so, Emmett, I will pass the mic to you. If you were Julian Ward or Michael Edwards, depending upon whether he's not is on holiday already, <clears throat> who would you be demanding that we put a bid in for? Um, I, I mean, this is a tricky one because I mean you can kind of go all over the map with this. But if we're in the in the specter of being, as you say, realistic and obviously not. No, coming up with killing Mbappe or you know whoever. No, no, it's the only mention of that man on this show. Yeah, that's it. Everyone else looking out for that. That's it. He's coming yeah. up. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Liga, I kind of like. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, so apologies if I butchered. Bruno Gamarish of Leon. He's a defensive midfielder, Brazilian, 24 year old. Um, I can't uh, admit to being a big watcher of Liga but from what I've seen of him he is a pretty decent player good in the ball dynamic can go box to box can beat men chips in with a couple of assists and more importantly Leon are like most French teams broke <laughs> or circling the drain of financial uh, debt obviously you know with the problems in Liga and the, the, their TV deal collapsing twice in what space of a couple of years they're desperate for money so he could, you know, transfer market volume at around 27 million. So maybe Liverpool could get that down, playing on Leon's need for money. Um, and the two clubs have a good relationship, obviously, because Shakiri went the other way in the summer. Um, so he could be a realistic target, you know, in the midfield, maybe as a initially for a cover for Fabinho. Um until he maybe just finds his feet a little, or you can maybe just play him alongside Fabinho in the midfield. So he would be my realistic pick. Okay, well, as someone who does watch a fair bit of league on, I can say Bruno Guimaraes is a good player. I am not going to instantly bat away that claim. Uh, ben, I'll allow you a response first, though, before I, I, I have any follow-up questions. No, I think it, it's a good point. I think Liverpool do need cover in that holding midfield position. And I think that is one of the big necessities and the big holes in the squad because we've seen without Fabinho, Liverpool have struggled and uh, the result against Brighton, I think, was partly down to his absence. Uh, even against Atletico in Madrid, the way Liverpool allowed them to get back. Ultimately, Liverpool got the win in the end, but... Mm -hmm. Um, th those were worrying signs and I think Liverpool's midfield could do with a couple of extra legs and uh, Kamara, Kamara sounds like an interesting player I think uh, he's um, done well at Lyon and uh, mm -hmm. the re reports I've heard have sort of he haven't really said anything negative about him so um, he, he seems like he would be well up Liverpool street He's one who's currently interested in Arsenal. If you listen to the transfer wire, apparently um, Arteta is willing to put in bids of up to 30 to £35 million pounds for him. But let's face it, if he's choosing between Liverpool and Arsenal, he's choosing Liverpool. He's, he's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we mentioned, obviously, Leon's relationship with uh, Liverpool through the Shakiri deal. Um, 
apparently there are rumors that they don't want him anymore already. So that could be slightly soured. Maybe they think we sold them and done. I don't know. Liverpool can take him back. <laughs> We're certainly <laughs> big targets here, Emmett. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not going to go backwards, but he's 24 years old. As we mentioned, defensive midfield is probably the hardest one to cover for. Now, also bearing that in mind, Emmett, do you think someone in that position is what we should be looking for as a January transfer? Because that way they'll have six months maybe to acclimatise to the team. We've seen how long it takes to integrate yourself into Liverpool's midfield. And we know how tough a job it is to play in our system that way. So maybe bringing them in a little bit earlier rather than in the summer might actually help them when we're thinking about the future. Yeah, it would accelerate the, the settling in period. Um, you know, if if, it, if they were brought, whoever the player would be would be brought in now, give them six months. I mean, they might find it difficult, obviously, because you come from a you know from a another country into a new league and a new playing style. So it would take time, which might not be actually beneficial for Liverpool in the here and now. Mm. Um, unless you know, he just whoever the player would be, what happened to just hit the ground running and just <laughs> you know be absolutely brilliant from the get go. But as history has kind of shown, those players are few and far between. It usually takes a, a bed in period of several months. Um, if we think of Kanate, uh, Andy mm. Robinson, even and he was just coming from you know from Hull and he found it difficult to talk him to after Christmas in his first season to get you know settled in the club's mm. way of playing. So yeah, it, it mightn't actually be beneficial for Liverpool now, but then you would think by the the start of next season, they should be fully integrated into the team. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Klopp's been, not been afraid to play the long game. I think the best example of that probably is Fabinho, who came from the same league and plays in the same position, and he took his time. In fact, for a while, Klopp even kind of... Um, altered Liverpool's formation to help him acclimatise a little bit. So that's maybe something to think about. Okay, so Bruno Guimaraes is on the board. He looks all right over there. Ben, what's your player? Who are you thinking Liverpool should target right here and now? Well, my pick is kind of on the same wavelength as Emmett. I I chose Dennis Zakaria, who has six months left on his contract. Um, he, I feel like, you know, he's someone who can also play as a holding midfielder, but he's also capable of playing box to box. So um, I think the the biggest thing Liverpool have lacked in midfield is sort of solidity. When we've seen over pre-season, uh, Liverpool have tended to play with more advanced midfielders who kind of drop out wide and join up with the link-up play like the likes of Elliot and Henderson has been doing that a lot more often as well. But I think that leaves gaps in for, for the opponents to expose. And uh, the best we've seen of Liverpool is this season, especially in midfield. If you think about the derby or, or the 4 nil against Arsenal is when Liverpool have played with a double pivot with Fabinho and Thiago sort mm-hmm. of both dropping back and, and and allowing the third midfielder to roam forward. And I think that's what Zakaria would be able to bring. He, he could form a partnership with Fabinho and fill in for Thiago, who does seem to have a lot of injury problems mm. at the moment. He hasn't been very fortunate with that during his time 
at Liverpool. And and, and obviously the alluring part about Zakaria is that his contract does run out yes. in six months' time. <clears throat> so Liverpool could essentially sign him on a free contract in advance now or pay a little bit extra like we talked about and get him in in advance. It definitely seems to tick both boxes in terms of availability, but also desirability. Now, Emmett, he's someone who we have been linked with quite a few times over the past couple of years. So it's clear that there are people within Liverpool who believe he can play in our system. And talking about the midfield and obviously recent games brought up the, uh, the lack of control within the midfield as a key problem. And Ben mentioned, obviously, Thiago who was the man who's supposed to uh, replace Genie Wijnaldum, but he hasn't been able to get onto the pitch. One thing Zakaria has, he has that Wijnaldum positional sense to be able to place himself in the right position, to be able to cover a wider area of the pitch. And those are the kind of instincts that I think we need in more of our midfielders, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can, at times, at times I kind of felt that you know, Liverpool haven't really missed Wijnaldum. But recently, I've kind of changed my opinion on that. And I think that he has been missed. As Ben said, that box-to-box player who can cover up and down as opposed to maybe just one area of midfield. Um, and Zakaria would tick a lot of boxes. Obviously, he's really good with the ball. He's powerful, dynamic. He kind of is like a Wijnaldum, but six or seven years younger. So he would definitely be one... And obviously Liverpool have been linked with him on and off for the last probably most of 2021. So I mean, if we get him, you know, if the club got him in now, it would again, it would probably help. You, you could imagine that he could hit the ground running. Um, considering that, you know, Bundesliga sides tend to play the way they play. It's kind of similar to the way Klopp sets his team up anyway. So, you know, you you imagine the adjustment wouldn't be so difficult for Zakaria. So if yeah. you have Liverpool in the here and now, and then obviously it would it would help in the, in the final second half of the season, and then by the beginning of next season, you'd be fully integrated. And I think everyone would kind of win in that deal. Yes, I think that's the hope. And I think <clears throat> when you're asking for people to adapt to the team, like I was saying before, with Guimaraes and with Fabinho, the instincts that you have. You basically those are your building blocks. So someone who has the instincts of Zakaria is going to be able to slot into the team. And even if he doesn't know the full patterns of play and everything, he's still going to be able to be useful based on what he can do and what we know he can do already. Now, I like Zakaria. I like Zakaria so much. I almost tempted to say him myself, but I'm glad that someone here has mentioned it. I knew I could rely on you guys. I think he's a solid pick. I also think the contract situation really makes him a lot more viable. And I think he's he's the kind of player that someone's going to go for. So rather than seeing him end up uh, going to Arsenal or in Newcastle for £7 million or something ridiculous, go and give them £9 million. We'll bring him in. We'll be fine. But it's my turn now. And as I mentioned, I didn't pick Dennis Sicario. And I almost did. But that's because there is one person I have to pick. I have to go with the forwards. You guys have gone with the midfielders. I'm really worried about the forwards. And with forwards, they are arguably the most reliable to hit the ground jogging, if not necessarily running. Because again, 
penalty box instincts dictate how well you can do as a forward. And in this team, you are going to get chances if we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson, and hopefully the likes of Thiago in midfield. So I'm looking at a forward and the name I'm picking is Jonathan David of Lille, the Canadian superstar of Lille, currently Ligue 1's top goal scorer with 12 goals. He's got eight assists as well. He's got 22 goals across this calendar year. And he's the kind of player who can perform lots of different tasks within this Liverpool side. He's played as a lone striker. He's played for the central role. He played out wide on both sides. I think he's versatile enough. I think he's talented enough. I think he's just at that point where he's ready to boil. And this seems like the sweet spot for the Liverpool transfers. The thing I worry about, Ben, is that while previously Lille are in financial troubles, it's fair to say, since they've drawn Chelsea in the Champions League, they have that extra carrot to dangle in front of the likes of Jonathan David's eyes. And they have already sold Jonathan Nicone to Fiorentina. So that financial weight is lifted maybe somewhat. Does that make it a little bit tougher for Liverpool, do you think? I have to agree. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jonathan David as well. And I think he is someone who should be a target for Liverpool in the summer. Absolutely. Uh, but in January, I think you've seen it with Karim Adeyemi as well, who's another uh, target who has been linked to Liverpool, although it seems like he's probably going to go to Germany um, at this stage. But even him, the sporting director of Salzburg, made it clear that now that Salzburg have advanced to around the 16, that they're not going to sell him in January. He's going over. And I think Lille will be daft enough, will not be daft enough to not have the same stance and mm. uh, let their top goal scorer go, um, their, their prized asset. Uh, and if they do, it, it's, it, Liverpool are going to be probably overpaying. Uh, in comparison to what they might have to pay in the summer. So I think it's just about calculating whether Liverpool are desperate for David at the moment or whether they can buy their time, wait it out in the summer and then bring him in then where he has the whole of pre-season to settle and adjust to the system and, and then really start to boil when the Premier League kicks off again. That does sound like the more Liverpool way of doing things. I think that's fair to say. I think my feelings around this show, around the idea of an immediate player who can hit the ground running, I suspect may not be quite as desperately felt within um, Kirby as it is here. But still, that doesn't matter. We are here to pontificate on the idea. And the thing with Jonathan David Emmett is that he's on a real tear right now. And... If it comes to the summer, by the time he gets to the summer, if he scored 25, 30 league earned goals, it's going to be a lot more expensive than it may well, be, well could be right now. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if Chelsea happened to sell Romelu Lukaku after his interview last week, <laughs> for him, so it's priced a lot of ugly double or triple. I mean, the problem is if he was whoever Liverpool attempt to sign in the forwards department. It's going to be a hard sell to bring someone in knowing that, right, I'm going to play for January, but once Salah and Mane come back, I'm going to probably be sitting on the bench for the most part of the next four or five months. 
So I think that's going to be a hard sell mm. for an up-and-coming striker like Jonathan David, whereas he knows at Lille, at least till the end of the season, he's going to be, he's the main man. And as you say, Iconi's just been sold to Fiorentina, so he probably won't mm. want to leave at the moment, and Lille don't want to sell him. So I think that would be a hard would be a hard get for Liverpool at this point. Yes. I think, I think my point as well, Mo, when it comes to, you know, if he does score 25 goals, let's say he does, um, Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe, Mbappe are also going to be available in the summer. So I think the likes of Manchester City and Chelsea, your, your Chelsea's, if Chelsea do sell Lukaku, they will be targeting those kind of players. So I think mm. Liverpool, I mean, Knocking on wood, Liverpool will still have a relatively easy run in for Jonathan well, David when, when you have the likes of Haaland and Mbappe available as well. Okay, I'll take that point, perhaps. But I think there are probably more clubs wanting a striker than elite strikers going around. So musical chairs means maybe you've got to move in there quick and strike when the iron's hot. As for the idea of him playing more games for Lille, that's fair. Would you rather be the main man in a very, very small pond? Because let's face it, Lille probably will lose to Chelsea and they're currently eighth in Ligue 1 and nowhere near defending their title. Or would you like to come into Liverpool and be the catalyst for a fantastic drive to the title (laughs) to overtake (laughs) Manchester City? Come on, surely. I mean, if I was Julian Ward... This would be my pitch, and I feel like it's quite a good one. I mean, this I think, is, I, I, I think, as, I most, think as most well, players, most players they back themselves. So, you we're saying here, oh, well, he's obviously not going to play. He'll be like, watch me, give me a month to prove it. And let's face it, Sadio Mane needs someone to push him. Maybe the fact that there is no one who's going to be out uh, pushing him out of the team. It's part of the reason why he's not as sharp. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe that's the perfect way to get the best out of both players. Uh. <laughs> I, I think as well, but David being 21, he'll, he'll look at the age of the Liverpool forwards. He'll look at Firmino, who's 30, Salah and Mane, both 29. And he'll be like, OK, uh, maybe in my first year, you know, with their contracts also running out in 2023, maybe in my first year, I will not be the first choice option, but their contracts are running out in 2023. They're not getting any younger. So if I get myself in to Liverpool now, I will gain Klopp's trust and I will gradually work my way up. Um, I mean, Timikas is a good example of someone who... Took his time, you know. It wasn't initially the first choice, but I think he's making a good claim to 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 be in contention at least for the starting spot, week in week out. Definitely, and then you look in the forward line. I mean, Diego Jota's people weren't expecting him to be as integral as he is now this early, and yet here we are. He already is, and so there are all these things that I'm hoping people are saying to Jonathan David and his agents. But well, to be fair, to as you said, Mo, players are very they they back themselves and they're very egotistical. Like I think you said at the top of the show that he's top goal scorer in, in Liga at the moment. Is that right? Like he is, yeah. I think he would want to have that feather in his cap that he finishes the season 
as top goal scorer in the French league. And then that's another accolade for his, you know, for his ego, for self confidence. And then Lille can shop him around, going, "Well, here, anybody want the, the top goal scorer in France? You know, for 60, 70 million. So he might want to stay in the season and get that accolade." Damn it, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he might. He might. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe he'll score enough goals between now and the end of January. But he'll still win it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I don't know who Lille are playing in January, but yeah, back your house on a couple of double hat tricks. Okay, so we've had a bit of fun with this show. Um, we know that Liverpool are going to do whatever they do and we aren't going to have any influence on it. But it's certainly fun to think that if they are having these meetings, these are probably the kind of names that they are battering around. And I would say personally, of the three, despite the fact that I don't like to lose, I do think Dennis Sicario is probably the most likely if you think about which one of those could be in a red shirt by February. Ben, what do you think? I mean, I agree. I, I'm writing a piece on him at the moment and why he would be a good signing. And I, I think, you know, as much as I like Gamares and David, and I think they they could be viable options in the summer, I think Zakaria is the more sort of pressing one because of the fact that his contract is running out. And and if Liverpool are seriously interested, then now is the time to strike. You know that, you know that, that there's never been a better time and. Uh, if Liverpool divert or prolong the, the whole situation, then someone else will come in because a player like Zakaria is going to demand interest and he is already demanding interest according to reports. So I don't think he's going to be a free agent or someone with an uncertain future for very long. <laughs> no, this, this isn't going to be one where we can afford to dither, I think, if we're going to go and get him. Emmett, how do you feel? Who's the most likely? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Ben. Um, you know, Gimarez, um, apologies if he ever listens to this. <laughs> and he hears me. Much <laughs> He's not now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his contract doesn't expire to 2024. So, I mean, Liverpool really have no leverage apart from maybe Leon having financial difficulties. So, I mean, Zakaria, as Ben said, is the most likeliest one with his. And he's already announced that he's leaving. So Liverpool can go your five, six, seven million, bring them in now. And that's the most likeliest one. And I think it's the most pressing one because as we saw yesterday, Liverpool's midfield has problems and needs yes. to be fixed. And I think <clears throat> a lot of the time we're still thinking of it in a, as a one-in-one-out system because that's the way Klopp normally likes to work with this squad. But I was already under the impression that we might see two midfield uh, transfer incomings over the course of the next uh, calendar year, so either in January or in the summer. So don't be surprised if we get someone in January and then another midfielder in the summer. There you go. So we've had a nice little half hour here where we've wondered about what could happen. We'll have to wait and see what will happen. Next week, we're going to give you some more transfer tattle. We're going to be looking into AFCON 2022 and looking at those players over there and thinking which of those might end up in a red shirt come the summer. But for now, Ben and Emmett, Thank you very much for helping me through this time. And all of you, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.